And so tonight we're uh, going to look at Galatians chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. Galatians 5, 1 through 12 says this in the Word of God. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Behold, I, Paul, say unto you that if you be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. For I testify again to every man that is circumcised that he is a debtor to do the whole law. Christ has become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, ye are fallen from grace. For we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. Ye did run well. Who did hinder you that ye should not obey the truth? This persuasion cometh not of him that calleth you. A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Verse 10, I have confidence in you through the Lord that ye will be none otherwise minded, but he that troubleth you shall bear his judgment, whosoever he be. And I, brethren, if I yet preach circumcision, why do I yet suffer persecution? Then is the offense of the cross ceased. And verse 12, I would they were even cut off, which trouble you. Galatians 5, verses 1 through 12. Let's pray again together, please. Heavenly Father, again, Lord, we praise you. We worship you. Lord, we just thank you for being a good and merciful and gracious God. And Lord, you're altogether lovely. Lord, you're fairer than 10,000. Lord, you're the rose of Sharon, the lily of the valley. You're the lifter up of our head. You're our buckler. You're our fortress. Uh, Lord, you're our shield. You're our strong and mighty tower. Uh, dear God, and you are all that we need. Lord, we praise you for that and thank you for that. Lord, you are worthy tonight. Lord, I thank you for those that are, uh, Lord, on a Wednesday night are faithful to be in the house of God or to listen in and be attentive to the word of God. Bless them for their faithfulness, dear God. Touch them and strengthen them. Again, Lord, we think about these prayer requests. Lord, the physical needs. Lord, please. Again, we think of uh, uh, Sister Sherry's brother and son. Lord, touch them. We think of Sister Sarah right now. Touch her. And others, dear God, that are just need, Lord, for you to come by and give them what they need at this time. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that uh, Brother uh, uh, Woody's here tonight. Lord, continue to touch him and bless him. And uh, Lord God, we just uh, cast all these things at your feet and we trust you with these things. We pray for the spiritual needs. Lord, continue to use Sister Judy uh, in the Bible study there. Thank you for her witness and others, Lord. Uh, this one that uh, 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 Brother Ari talked about, was telling me about before church that he gave the track to, uh, uh, dear God, Harley. Lord, work in that heart. Lord, take the seed that's been sown. Lord, I think of those that uh, uh, Sister Amy went out to the other day and gave a lunch and gave a track. Uh, God, work in those hearts, Heavenly Father. Lord, where the seed's been sown, we want to water with prayer, and we want to trust you to give that increase. And so, Lord, help us now, we pray, through thy word, that in everything you'd get the honor and glory and build your local church in Jesus' name. Amen. So we've looked at some of the arguments uh, that Paul presented, and now he comes down here to Galatians 5. And really in these verses, you sort of get the thought that he says to him, listen, uh, when it comes to law and grace, it's all or nothing. Amen. Uh, it's all or nothing. And notice what he says in verse 1. He says, stand fast, therefore. And what are you supposed to do when you see the word therefore? 
See what it's there for, right? <laughs> when you see a therefore, see what it's there for. So you got to remember, we finished up chapter four. And so really he's saying, hey, what I'm telling you, because of what you learned, what we might say in chapter four, therefore you ought to do and think about what I'm telling you here in chapter five. Of course, it was only uh, one, one letter there. But again, remember, this is a thought that continues from chapter four. So let's read the last couple of verses of chapter four, verses 30 and 31, just to remember uh, what the thought is there. Remember uh, Mount, uh, Mount Sinai and, uh, and uh, Mount Zion and uh, between uh, uh, Hagar and Ishmael versus Sarah and Isaac about the bondwoman and the free woman talking about there in chapter four. And then verses 30 and 31 say this, nevertheless, again, what saith the scripture? And that's what matters. Cast out the bondwoman and her son, for the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. Verse 31, so then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. And because you are the children of the free, amen, stand fast in that. Stand fast in that. Therefore, because you understand you're not of the bondwoman, but of the free, you need to stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. And that word, that thought, that phrase, stand fast, just means to, to, to stand firm in it, amen, to, to claim in it. And he's saying this, you listen, you need to just stand firm in this truth, you need to claim this truth and you need to live in the truth of it, right? You need to live in this truth. So again, that thought stand fast is used for many things. Uh, he used that, that uh, phrase a lot. And of course, in this case, it's telling us to stand fast in the liberty that we have in Christ. But let me just share quickly a couple things that he tells other places he tells us to stand fast. And in another place, he tells us to stand fast in the faith. In 1 Corinthians 16, 13, he says, Watch ye, stand fast in the faith. Quiet ye like men, be strong. That's a good verse. He tells, another place, he tells the believers to stand fast in unity. Philippians 1, 27. Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs that ye stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Another place he tells them to stand fast in biblical teaching. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which ye have been taught, whether by word or our epistle. Another place, he tells them to stand fast in the Lord himself. Philippians 4.1, Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved, and long for my joy, my crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. So man, he listened, he wants you to get a hold of things and he wants you to stand firm in those things and he wants you to live in the truth of those things, amen? Stand fast in the Lord, amen? Uh, uh, stand firm in who Jesus Christ is. Uh, stand firm in your biblical teaching, right? You've been taught something, you've learned something. Don't back away from it, amen? Uh, uh, live in the truth, amen, of biblical truth. Stand fast in unity. And that's what we need to do as believers, as a church, amen? Lord, help us to stand fast in one spirit, one mind. Don't let the devil find a way to creep in, amen? Let us stand fast together and of course, stand fast in the faith. But here in the context, he's telling us to stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. And Christ should always be the focus. John 8, 32 again says this, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. 
Well, we know thy word is truth, but Jesus Christ himself is truth, right? I am the way, the truth, and the life. And it says this in John 8, 36. If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. Amen. So you know what? You are free indeed. Amen. In Jesus Christ. And so he talks about this liberty. And, of course, people try to misuse that liberty. And then some people make false claims against that grace and that liberty. Oh, wow. You, well, in that case, you know, you can live like you want to. You can do whatever you want to if that's what you believe. But that shows that they, you know, we might say this. You do err not knowing the scriptures. Somebody that would say that, that, oh, if you believe in eternal security, if you believe once saved, always saved, if you believe that, that freedom you have in Christ and that you're under no obligation, why, you know, uh, listen, you just look at them and say, you do err not knowing the scriptures. They don't know nothing about grace. If they think that grace just lets you do whatever you want, they don't know Bible grace. Amen. Because grace is for more than just salvation. Grace saves us and keeps us safe. But the Bible tells us uh, one of the great things about, listen, uh, grace doesn't say, hey, live like you want to. True Bible grace and God-given grace teaches you how to live. It teaches you how to live. And we see that in uh, Titus 2, 11 and 12. Say this, Titus 2, 11 and 12. For the grace of God, amen, the same grace that saved you, the same grace that keeps you, that same grace, the grace of God that bringeth salvation, hath appeared to all men. The problem is not all men have received it. <laughs> that is our goal. But verse 12, and what does it do? It teaches us. The grace of God is a teacher. And what does it teach us? Denying ungodliness. Boy, that goes against their thought, doesn't it? Why, you can just live any way you want. Oh, no. Uh, not if you're yielded to grace. Not if you're controlled by the spirit of grace. Because the spirit of grace teaches you to deny ungodliness. To deny worldly lust. It teaches you to walk away from those things. And leave that old life behind. And it tells us what? We should live. Amen. It tells us how not to live. And then it teaches us the way we should live. How should you live as a Christian? You should live soberly. You should live righteously. You should live godly in this present world. I, I, hey, it doesn't matter how bad this world is. It's not about how bad this world is. It's about how good God is. And how powerful God is. And how powerful the gospel is. And how powerful truth is. And how powerful the Holy Spirit is. And how powerful grace is. Amen. And how powerful your relationship with God is. That's what matters in this present world. And so he's saying, listen, don't get it. He, he says, listen, that's what you need to be enjoying. And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Notice that little word again. You know, it means, listen, it's amazing that even as delivered saints, how many times we find ourselves getting caught up again and sidetracked by something and getting our focus off the Lord Jesus Christ and getting our focus off what God is desiring and trying to do and wants to do in and through our life as believers. So he, he, he warns them, listen, you need to get your focus back on Jesus. And letting him have the preeminence, just like Hebrews 12, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher. He started this thing. He's going to finish it. So he goes in verse two and he gives some warnings. Behold, I, Paul, say unto you that if ye be circumcised, 
Christ shall profit you nothing. Christ shall profit you nothing. So what he's saying here, as long as you trust something or someone else besides Christ, you don't get the benefit or you don't get the profit that comes with trusting Christ. Amen. There's a benefit to trusting Christ. There, there's a profit to trusting Christ. And you don't get the benefit and profit of the fact that he fulfilled the law on your behalf. Hey, listen, he fulfilled the law on your behalf and there's blessings and benefits and profit that comes with that. But as long as you're not trusting in him and that and trusting in something else, you're not able to enjoy and rest in those benefits and rest in the profit that comes, amen, of understanding who Jesus Christ is and all that he's done and already taken care of for you. Verse three, he says, for I testify again to every man that is circumcised, what? That he's a debtor to do the whole law. And this is what he's saying. It's all or nothing. When it comes to the law, it's all or nothing. You don't get to pick and choose with the law, right? <laughs> you don't get to pick and choose. Well, uh, you know, we, you know uh, we, we, we just want to keep these things or we just think these things are good and, well, we'll leave the rest of that. No, uh-uh, that's not the way God, he put it together as a unit. <laughs> so if you choose to go towards the law, you're in debt to do the whole thing. You're obligated to the whole thing. So you must, so think of it this way. You must either cast yourself you must either cast yourself on all that is summarized in Christ or you must cast yourself all upon all that is summarized in circumcision. There's no in between. Either you're going to cast everything that you're trusting in upon the finished work of Christ or you're going to turn back and try to cast your trust and cast everything and what you're trusting in upon the law. There's no middle ground with this thing. If you take Christ, you take Christ alone. There's no adding to, there's no taking away. It's Christ and Christ alone. And he goes on and he, 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 he expands in verse four what he said in verse two. Because Christ has come, he says in verse two, he says, He's become of no, he profit you nothing. And then he goes on in verse four and says this, because Christ has become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, you're fallen from grace. Now, again, we know this doesn't mean a loss of salvation as some would misinterpret it. It means, right, you stepped away uh, uh, from grace. It means you let go of grace. You see, it's like this. You can't be married to both. You can't hold on to both. You haven't lost your salvation, but here's what you did do. <laughs> you didn't lose your salvation, but here's what you did lose. You lost your focus. You lost your focus on what did save you and what keeps you. So you didn't lose your salvation, but you lost your focus on what did save you and what keeps you saved, the grace of God. It's become no effect. You've made it. In other words, the grace of God that is work, that wants to work in you, the grace of God that wants to teach you, the grace of God that wants to help you, that you need to grow in. Amen. All of a sudden, because you're, you're, you've turned from it and you're trying to put your trust uh, in the law and something else to move you forward. Now, what could be benefiting you has now be, has no, no effect in your life. Romans 4, 4 says this. Now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace. This goes right along with it. It's not reckoned of reward, but of, but of grace, but of debt. 
Romans 4, 5. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Romans eleven six, And if by grace, then there's no more works. Well, the opposite is true. He said, if it's grace, then it's no more works. Well, what's the opposite of that? Well, if it's works, then it's no more grace. <laughs> and that's what he's saying to him in Galatians. Hey, if you're trusted in works, there's no more grace. Hey, I told the Romans... If it's grace, then it's no more works. But I'm telling you, if it's works, then it's no more grace. <laughs> Again, you can't have both. It's all or nothing. Then it's no, he says, again, if it by grace, then no more works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. That's exactly what he's saying in Galatians. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, then it is no more grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. <laughs> so which is it going to be? You want works? Or you want grace. Oh, well, would you rather work or grace? Hey, I'd rather be resting in grace. So uh, uh, think of it. Think of it. You might think of it this way. Again, using an a, 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 a Old Testament example. What he's saying to him is, if you're trusting in the law, if you will, it's like this. You've sold your birthright like Esau. You've sold your birthright. You have the position, right? What's the birthright? The birthright goes to what? The firstborn. Well, Esau, when he sold his birthright, was he still the firstborn? Well, yeah, he was still the firstborn. That couldn't change. So he didn't lose his position. He just lost what? The privilege that comes with it. He just lost the privilege that comes with being the firstborn. He didn't lose his position, but he lost the benefit that comes of being the firstborn. Amen. Getting that blessing. And so uh, his brother got it. And so that's the same thing. We don't lose our salvation, right? We, uh, we, we didn't lose our, our position, right? We're saved in Christ. When, but when we look to other things, we're losing the benefit and the blessing that comes from that position. And so listen, I not only want the position, I want the blessing that comes with it. I want the benefit that comes with it. I want the profit that comes with it in my life. But as long as you uh, 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 sell that, amen, for the law or anything else, you're not going to get the benefit. It has no effect for you. So, hey, we, want, we don't, we don't want to trust in that because verse 5 tells us what? For we through the Spirit, not the letter, Right. In the Romans, it talks about the letter versus the spirit. Hey, we're not putting our trust in the letter. Amen. We, we through the spirit, wait for the hope. Amen. Through the spirit of God, we wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. All right. Romans 5, 2 says, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace. How did we get into this grace? How did, we get, how did we get access to this grace that saves? How did we get access to this grace that teaches? How did we get access to this grace, amen, that keeps us saved and helps us in our relationship with God and helps us to grow and be what God, how did we get access to it? We got access to it by faith. Again, Romans 5, 2, that's a good verse to highlight. By whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. And rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Amen. We got access into this by faith. Keeping the law didn't give us access to grace. Amen. But faith gave us access to God and access to his grace that saved us and is working in our life as long as, amen, we're trusting God. Verse 6. For in Jesus Christ, 
Amen. Once you're in Jesus Christ, well, if you're saved, that's where you are. You're in Jesus Christ. For in Jesus Christ, neither what? Neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision. But what? But faith which worketh by love. So notice that. He says, no, notice these two words in that verse again, verse 6. For in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision. So neither nor, amen, neither circumcision. If you didn't get circumcised, that's no benefit. And if you didn't, so uh, uh, look at it this way. You are not anything because you did get circumcised, right? You're not anything because you did get circumcised. And you're not anything because you didn't get circumcised. You are only something because of Jesus Christ. That's the only reason you're anything. The only reason God recognizes you, the only reason you have a relationship with God is not because of something you did do or not because of something you didn't do, except for the fact, amen, by one day, by the grace of God and through faith, you put your trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ. That's the only thing that made you anything before God. And that's the only thing that helps you in your relationship uh, with God. Not what you do or what you didn't do. It's all of grace and it's all of Jesus Christ. It's faith, amen, that did that for you. And what? Faith that worketh by love. You see, where do we get this faith? The faith. Now, we not only have faith in Jesus Christ, but the Bible says we have the faith of Jesus Christ. You see, he gave us this faith. And why did he give us this faith? Because he loves us. Amen. He gave you that faith. Amen. To get saved because he loves you. It's a faith that works by love. What did he do? How did you get that faith? Amen. He got allowed by, by he loves you. And so when you turn to him, right, he gave you the faith that you needed. And you know what? And we show our love went to him by exercising or putting that faith into use. He gave us faith because he loves us. And then we show our love when we take the faith he gives us and exercise us or put it into use. Amen. Uh, in trusting him and trusting his word and live a life that glorifies him. Amen. It all works together. And so he says to them, ye did run well. Ye did run well. Well, just look at that two words, run well. Ye did run well. Amen. What do we want to do? What do we want to do as Christians? We're in a race. And what do we want to do? We want to run well. Run well. Hey, anybody ever in the sports? Hey, hey, listen, uh, uh, you know, I ran track. And when I ran track, you know what? I wanted to run well. I wanted, I wanted, I wanted to win. Did I always win? No, but I wanted to. Amen. It says you did run well. That is what we are supposed to do as Christians. Run well. That means excellently. That, that well there is the same one used in Mark 7, 37, where it says this of Jesus. He has done all things well. Amen. That was his testimony. He has done all things well. And what do we want our testimony to be? Amen. One day we would stand before God. He ran well. Boy, what, what do we like to say when we have a funeral for an old saint? We like to say, oh, there's our brother. And you know what? He's finished his race. He's finished his course. And I'm glad we can say he ran well. Amen. When one of our, our dear sisters, right, we think of, uh, we think of uh, Sister uh, Craft, we think of Sister Vi and, and other uh, precious ladies, and we say, oh, she's finished her course. 
but I'm glad we can give a good report. She ran well. Amen. She ran well. And so, hey, we want that to be our, if the, if the Lord should tarry, amen, and one day uh, uh, we're standing here, we want, to be able to, we want to be able to say, by the grace of God, he ran well. She ran well. We want to have that same testimony. He doeth all things well. We want him to be able to say, we did all things well. Because what does 1 Corinthians 9, 24 say? Know ye not that they which run a race run all. But one receiveth the prize. So look, so run that ye may obtain. Hey, listen, if I, listen, uh, life's not easy. We know this. Even the Christian life is not an easy life. Even if you're a Christian, there's heartache and there's heartbreak and there's valleys and there's disappointments and there's frustrations and, and all these things we don't understand. Thank God there's a lot of good things. But you know what? Hey, I don't want to have to go through all this stuff and at the end be empty handed. Hey, I'm aiming for something. I want to obtain something, amen? First of all, I want to obtain bringing honor and glory to my beloved Savior. That's the main thing I want to do. I want to bring honor and glory to Him, but also uh, uh, rewards, right? And all those things. I want to obtain something. Hey, listen, we don't like, when we ran a race in school, we don't like being the only one uh, sitting there. Everybody else has got a, everybody else has got a, 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 a trophy or they have a better uh, a prize than us. That's no fun. Hey, uh, when I was in school, uh, one of the schools I went to, we had a pretty good track team. And this might shock you, but uh, uh, matter of fact, I, I was showing one of my grandkids the other day. You know, I went to state for the 110 low hurdles, right? And uh, uh, I, I like running hurdles as long as I remember to keep my foot up. One thing about hurdles is, right, always keep your foot up because if you put it down, you're going to get caught on hurdle and wipe out. Did that a few times, right? And so I went to 110 for the low hurdles. We had a real good track team. Right. And I don't know how many schools were there, 16 or more, whatever it was. And so anyways, I, I got down in the starting block for the 110 low hurdles. And uh, so I looked up and I don't know what's taking the guy so long to shoot the gun. But I'm sitting there and I got my head up, I head up. And, and just uh, all of a sudden, I guess I got tired when I put my head down for a second. And right when I dropped my head, the gun went off. And so I got it. So I got a, just a slight delay. And so I ended up getting fifth place overall. Right. Well, yeah. But you know what? We had a good track team. Everybody else had first and second. So we got on the bus when we go home from saying, what? Everybody else has first and second. The old steward's got fifth, you loser. Right? You know? I said, man, that wasn't exciting. Hey, I wanted there. I wanted to, I wanted to have first or, or uh, 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 a second. Right? Because listen, we want up to, and listen, I, listen, what, what, I want, when I get to heaven, amen, of course, I, I just want those things to, to, to give back to my Savior, but we're here to obtain something, and we can only obtain it, right, if we do it according to the Word of God, and according to the Word of God, it's all of grace, it's all of Jesus, it's all of the Spirit, amen, I want to run well, I want to obtain, you know what, I want the same for you, amen, uh, if, if, if I do your friend, I want to say, he ran well, she ran well, and let that be our goal. You did run well. And notice the next one. Who? There's always somebody out there that wants to mess you up. Just like, listen, thank God there's somebody out there that wants to be a blessing to you, that wants to be an encouragement to you. But there's also people out there and they want to do all they can to mess you up. Who did hinder you that ye should not obey the truth? Hebrews 12:1 says this, wherefore, seeing also we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, and look at this, and the sin which does so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Now that word beset means to be entangled with or to be hemmed in by, 
to be entangled with or to be hemmed in by. And that's what sin does, right? It, we get entangled in it or it hems us up. But you know what? We not only let sin entangle us, we let people entangle us. We let situations, circumstances, we let's going on around us. Boy, so many, I see so many people sidetracked today by things. And, it may, and, and what they're doing in itself may not be a sin, but the fact that they're letting that have their focus instead of Jesus Christ, amen, and his will and other things makes it a sin. And boy, we get entangled by these things. And so we need to ask the Lord to help us. Uh, Lord, uh, let me be careful of uh, people that would try to hinder me or situation that would try to hinder me or uh, other things that would try to be hinder me and help me to keep my focus on you, right? That you should not obey the truth. Because what do you want to do? We want to run well and we can only run well if we obey the truth. What's the little song say? Obedience is the very best way to show that you believe. You see, the truth is what sets us free. As long as we, we are not obeying the truth, we are not enjoying our freedom. We can only enjoy this freedom. We can only enjoy this liberty, amen, as we obey the truth of the word of God. And notice what it says in verse 8, this persuasion cometh not of him that calleth you. This persuasion, that word persuasion means something that's persuaded you or that which brings one to a conviction, right? I have a conviction about this thing. I have a conviction about these things. Well, is it worth being a conviction? And he's saying this thing that, you know, they're trying to take a stand on is what he's saying is, hey, this thing really isn't standing on. This conviction that you think you have or this belief that you think you have didn't come from God. This thing didn't come. So, you know what? If it didn't come from God, it's not worth taking a stand on. Stand fast. That this is what you need to be standing on over here. You don't need to be taking a stand on this. This didn't come from him that calleth you. This didn't come from the Lord. It cometh not. He's saying, listen, God has nothing to do with this. This is not a, what he's basically saying is this, what you're trying to stand so strong on or what they're trying to persuade you to take a stand on, this is not a conviction that comes from God. This is just stubbornness. This is just a stubborn reliance on the doctrines and traditions of men. Well, I could probably park there a while because I think there's a few independent Baptists that have that problem. They go around saying this is my conviction, but really what they have is just a stubbornness, amen, uh, on some things that they came up with. That's another uh, story. But it's a stubborn reliance on the doctrine and traditions of man. Listen, we don't need to have a stubbornness on traditions and, and things that are men's uh, 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 opinions, right? We don't need to have a stubbornness or conviction about man's opinion or uh, what's, what's some, uh, some man's pet peeve, but we do need to have strong convictions, amen, on biblical things. And one of them, amen, is that uh, it's all of, it's all of uh, 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 grace and we're not to be uh, 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 stuck on the law and sidetracked by other things. Trying to hurry along here. Why? Because a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. You know, it doesn't take much of false teaching in a church to mess up a church. It doesn't take much false teaching to mess up a church. A little false teaching can have a big uh, impact or a little uh, 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 even just somebody getting uh, uh, sidetracked uh, uh, by something uh, can mess up a mess up a church. 
That's why it's so uh, important, amen, that, uh, that we, uh, uh, you know, amen, be so strong about uh, the Word of God, what the Word of God is, and uh, our, our stance on uh, uh, the Word of God. 1 Corinthians 5, 7 says, Purge out, therefore, the old leaven, which in this case is the law, that ye may be a new lump. And that's what Jesus Christ came to make, as ye are in leaven. For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed uh, for us. So he says, listen, you need, to, you need to, get, to, to get rid of that. Don't give it a foothold, amen, but completely uh, cast it to the side, as it told us in chapter 4. And here's what he says. He gives him a little boost of encouragement. He said, listen, now I've said all these things, but listen, when I think about you, he says, I have confidence in you through the Lord that you will be none otherwise minded, but he that troubleth you shall bear his judgment, whosoever he be. He said, listen, I've said these things because I care about you and I'm praying for you, but you know what? I have confidence and I believe you're going to make the right decision. I believe you're going to get this right I believe, you're, I believe, amen, as I pray for you and as you pray about this situation and as you understand what I've said to you in this letter, I believe you're going to see the error and reject the influence and teaching of those false teachers. Or at least that's my prayer that you have confidence that you're going to make the right decision. And that's a good thing to do, amen. When you're sort of uh, uh, beating somebody down about a bad decision they've made, always give them that hope, amen, that I think you're going you're gonna to get this thing right and you can get this thing right. In verse 11, he says, And I, brethren, if I yet preach circumcision, why do I yet suffer persecution? You see, not only were they lying to those people, but they were lying about Paul. They said, hey, listen, uh, now what we're saying is no different than what Paul's saying. And boy, listen, uh, they, that's what they'll do. Man, you know, uh, 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 you, you'll notice, if, if, if you notice over the last few decades, if you've paid attention to it, you know, these cults and other religions, they used to sort of have their own terminology. But, you know, a lot of their terminology has changed to sort of line up with either mainstream Christianity or what people expect to hear. You know, I've told you before, I've talked to, I've talked to people in cults and different things, and they'd say, oh, I'm saying the same thing you are. There's no different in what we're saying. I say, oh, yes, there is. The difference between what you're saying and I'm saying, the difference is heaven and hell. That's the difference between what we're saying. Amen? I don't care how close it may sound. Amen? Hey, listen, uh, uh, it doesn't take much poison. Amen? It doesn't take much leaven uh, to mess it up. But he says, no, if, if, if I'm saying the same thing, if I'm saying it's okay to be circumcised, if I'm saying it's, that you need to keep the law, he says, then why are the Jews attacking me? Why are they attacking me? Why am I being persecuted? Right? He says, because the offense, look what he says here. He says, if I, he says, I have brethren, if I yet preach circumcision, why do I yet suffer persecution? He says, listen, if I'm saying what they're saying, then why are the Jews attacking me? Then is the offense of the cross ceased. You see, the cross was an offense to the Jews, right? The message of Calvary was an offense to the Jews. It says in 1 Corinthians 1, 23, but we pre preach Christ crucified unto the Jews, a stumbling block. They didn't like the message of the cross. So I'm sure if Paul would have watered it down, well, just, you know, throw a little bit of the law in there, you know, just appease them a little bit and, you know, and let's just get through this meeting, you know. No, uh-uh. He said, no, I'd rather be persecuted and stand on what's right and stand on what's right. I'm standing for what's right and I'm standing against what's wrong. 
And so that's what he's saying to him. Listen, uh, I'm, I'm going to keep my stand. He said, I, I'll finish with this. I would, they were even cut off, which trouble you. And that's a strong stand. That, that cut off there means to be completely separated. Uh, the same uh, 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 word is used there in John 18, 10, where Peter cut off the ear of the servant. It says, then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and smote the priest's servant and cut off his right ear. He says, and uh, there's more uh, uh, detail in that. But he's saying, listen, uh, I wish they would just uh, uh, be, 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 be cut off. He says, don't even, don't even mess with them. Don't even give them the time of day. And of course, that's what the Bible says in John. When you hear people that have false teaching, he said, don't even wish them, don't even wish them Godspeed. And you know, a lot of times we get in that, you know, we try to reason with people. Listen, uh, 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 when you realize that somebody really doesn't want to know the truth and somebody is just trying to prove their point, don't, don't waste your time. It's not that you don't care about them. But don't your job is not to sit there and try and reason with them and, 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 and go back and forth with them. If they're really not interested in knowing the truth, the best thing to do, amen, the devil will just use them to tie up your time and, and, and get you, get you uh, uh, sidetracked. I told you I had, a, I had a young man, a young preacher call me the other day. He got talking to somebody about a, a, a doctrine, about eternal security the other day. And he, and he got trying to reason with him and all of a sudden uh, the guy got him confused. And he called me up there the other day and was asking me questions. I said, oh, yeah, listen, listen, friend, uh, uh, you better be careful about it. You better get back to those verses. Better get back to this verse and that verse and, and the ones you understand. Don't get sidetracked about those ones you don't understand. Amen. And uh, 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 the devil's out there to, to mess us up. But listen, we just need to do what Paul said. Stand fast. Amen. Uh, in the truth. Amen. That we're saved by grace. It's grace that saved us. It's grace that keep us. And amen. And grace will take us home, as the song says. Amen. And thank God for that. Let's pray. Uh, Lord, just uh, uh, again, so much packed in there. But Lord, we thank you, uh, dear God, that we have these uh, verses uh, to, to teach us and guide us and keep us on the straight way. Lord, help us not to get sidetracked by false doctrine. Help us not to get sidetracked uh, by other things, but let us help, help us to keep the, the main thing, the main thing, our focus on Jesus Christ, our, our focus on sound doctrine. This is why it's so important that we must study to show ourselves or prove unto God, a workman that needed not be ashamed, but rightly uh, uh, dividing uh, the word of truth. And God and, 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 and faith which worketh by love and speaking the truth uh, in love, uh, dear God, and, uh, and uh, uh, caring about people, dear God. And uh, Lord, thank you, uh, dear God, that uh, uh, Lord, the Holy Spirit works in us. And you said it would guide us to all truth and help us to be sensitive uh, to the guiding of the Holy Spirit as we read uh, the word of God. And Lord, help us to love you and love your word in Jesus name. Amen. You know, uh, uh, we got to be careful. I, 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 I had somebody call me today, uh, a young couple uh, that traveled with my wife and I to the Philippines years ago. And uh, she was from a church up in Michigan. Now she lives out in Arizona and she's trying to find a church. And uh, she ended up at this little church. And man, she said, uh, 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 can, can you tell me what you tell people when they, they want to get saved? And can you tell me some things about, I mean, this girl's been saved for years. And uh uh, uh, she said, man, we visited this church and this pastor came over the other night and I didn't feel like he came to, he, I felt like he was interrogating us. You know, we told him we were saved and he kept pushing repentance and, 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 and all these things. And man, I, I ran the other room and started crying. 
I said, she said, I know I'm saved. Listen, hey, well, you know, listen, we're against easy believism, but we're also against hard believism. <laughs> Amen. We're also against hard believism. And I, I believe in repentance. But I said, you know what? Some people think they got this thing so packed down, you know, the, 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 this, you know, I use this illustration, you know. Well, you know, salvation is like five locks on a door and you got to make sure you unlocked every door. And, you know, and, and, and that's fine. But you know what? I see people in these meetings and you know what? The same people will get saved every year. We call them recaps, right? They'll get saved every year because, oh, I don't remember uh, if I unlocked uh, a number three. I can't remember a lock. Oh, I must not be saved. I didn't. You know what I ask people? I say, are you in the room? Are you in the room? Are you sure you're in the room? Well, if you're in the room, then you unlocked every door and you did everything it took to get in there. You know? I mean, when you eat a piece of pie, you know, well, if somebody came in and said, are you sure you ate that pie? Well, I don't know. I don't remember eating any flour. I don't remember eating. Oh, I don't remember sugar. Honey, was there eggs? Did we have eggs? Man, did you eat the piece of pie? Then you got everything, all the ingredients, amen. Hey, listen, I got Jesus, amen. I got all the ingredients, amen. I know I'm saved and I did everything necessary. Man, just listen, uh, uh, I always say, now I told her, I said, make sure it's according to scripture, amen. But you know, you don't need to, to, to just, just lay it straight down the line. Don't get caught up. I mean, preachers have pet peeves and they emphasize this and they emphasize that. Hey, just, just, just emphasize the truth in the gospel and listen, and whatever you believe, if, you can, if, if you're intimidating people with it, well, even though you might have the right message, you got the wrong spirit. And that's what I tell you. Hey, even if he has the right spirit, it sounds like he has the wrong spirit. So I'd be careful about that church. Amen. Because uh, I, I believe everything has a spirit. We want the right message and we want the right spirit uh, in it as well.